Welcome to Adama Stars, Naked Truths. My name is Junior and I'm a filmmaker, an entrepreneur, a husband to an amazing wife and a father of two wonderful children. The purpose of this podcast is to share my and other people's life experiences to help equip us with the tools necessary to get through trauma. So thank you for tuning back in. Um, this episode is titled My Career and My Passion, Part 1. So my life linked with my career has been riddled with loads of small meanders that have got me to where I am today. I've had to play the cards that I've been dealt with until I was able to reshuffle the deck. Due to my start, making big jumps wasn't practical for me as I as I didn't really have the resources, the maturity, or the cultural awareness, as well as the mindset to run in the man that I do so right now. Furthermore, the reality in working in film wasn't conceivable because up until the point that my auntie adopted me and my siblings, I was firefighting the walls of life. Maslow talks about a hierarchy of needs essential in the the growth of an individual. These needs, you know, range from psychological, safety, belonging and love, social, esteem, self-actualization, and transcendence. A lack of this limited my ability to focus on my mind, but let me put some context to all of this. I was born in a rough estate in Hackney, which has since been knocked down. The estate was riddled with drugs um, with gangs plaguing the lives of you know the local residents now interestingly the estate was built behind a street of lovely homes in Stanford Hill and that were predominantly owned by orthodox Jews the contrast between our lives with theirs was so extreme to the point that we disturbed their harmony because we had very little now I would like to mention that not everyone on the estate was bad. If anything, it was just a small minority of troubled use. Mainly boys, with a few girls, that caused most of the trouble. Within this estate, you had levels of deprivation that affected people differently. You had the addicts, the thugs, the fearful, the violent, and the victims that kept the overwhelming residents living on the edge. What was sad about this was that some of these boys were victims themselves, choosing to become fear itself. Most of the boys that joined these gangs, their parents weren't around much, as was the case for me. Plus, they didn't care enough to take an active role in their children's lives for whatever reason. So by default, the streets became their teacher. But there were a few within this group that were simply just bad. You know, like, you know, some people just, you say to yourself, nah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why? You know, they've come from a good home in terms of their parents being, you know, actively present, but they simply didn't care. They were intentionally bad. It, you know, was these type of people that fueled the rage that I had as a child. So most days I lived in fear from either this group of people or the associates that my dad business with. I would go to bed usually with no electricity in the house 
with a house full of children to care for. And then suddenly you hear random screams and people fighting. And you know, as a child, you know, you just don't know if that's gonna come to your house or if that's, you know, if that's gonna affect you. And so, you know, you're always, you know, unease. And, you know, when I was young, all I hoped for is for daylight to come. Then the daylight came, but then with it came the hunger of food and the mandem on the block chasing me and beating me up. You know, so, you know, as you can imagine, you know, the core zone levels, my core zone levels anyway, were always elevated, ready to fight or flee at any given moment. Because we didn't have much, people looked down on us. We were just open targets and being like the mother earth and having people look down on us because we were wild, poorly dressed, just simply terrible in terms of the way in which we lived that justified them beating on us physically and mentally. Now, this does something to your mind. You know, your dignity goes. You know, as I had to be the main parent in the house at seven, standing up in any fashion would make my situation worse, as I had no one or nowhere to run to. Now, being real, I wanted to join these boys and become the very monster that preyed on me so that, you know, that feeling of being threatened would be gone. But I couldn't. My situation was too extreme and mentally I had to be the parent to my siblings. This bond, even though unknown to me at the time, was deeper than I could ever imagine. Now, I just want to be clear, this didn't happen to everyone on the state, just a small group of people. Even though I wasn't a road man of any sort, I still was a menace. I had rage, all this rage in me. You know, I was, I, I was wild. I was, I was really wild. You know, I guess it was like a, a natural reaction to the world I couldn't control but also an indirect cry for, for help to somebody able to see beyond the guise of my fists of fury, which in my case was no one for a very long time. Now, obviously I didn't know all this stuff at the time. How could I, I could, I could just about barely read. Now, these programs in some strange way did that for me without me understanding the true effect. Films allowed me to play my own fantasy whilst my body was beaten daily. They could take my body, but never my soul. My desire to be what I choose to be. This was truly magical. Films opened my mind to a whole new world that I could not only escape to, but be empowered by. Due to the severity of my world, I fully embraced the lives displayed in these movies. Films such as you know, The King and I, Cleopatra, Peter Pan, The Hook, Space Jam, Oliver Twist, you know, Godzilla, yo, excited me. You know, I used to watch these films and, and other black and white classics that I couldn't remember the names of. You know, I actually thought that some of these films were actually real, but it wasn't mistaken. You know, it, it, it wasn't until I moved in with my auntie did I actually did the actuality of me being in films actually take place? Fast forward 10 years later and I get to university. Don't ask me how. So I'm surrounded by people very culturally and economically different 
to me for the first time in my life and it shows. Anyway, up until this point in my life, I had done my best to stay away from drugs, smoking, drinking, girls, and the police. Well, ish. The police and my environment kind of went hand in hand, so really avoiding them was difficult. Putting that to one side, I felt I had been given a new shot in actually living life for the first time. So I got committed. What was definite was that I wanted to be legit, make films, feed the family, and be safe. But my ways, my mannerisms, the cultural differences, my inability to articulate myself mentally, and my image was getting in the way. So I decided to do what I saw done on the screens and play a character. I played this character so well that it was impossible to know if I was acting. Overnight, I learned how to speak differently, how to control my rage, which I had in abundance, read books, something that I struggled to do until I got to uni, as I had to play catch up. And more importantly, I needed to find a way to be perceived as being an equal amongst my peers, something that I had to internally conquer first. So I graduate, I get a job as a photographer, travel the world, working, and then I start seeing life beyond the confines of my state and country. It changes me. No, all this existed and I didn't even know. I remember doing a job in Kenya and in front of me stood a granddad, a father and a son, all surrounded by love and wealth. It was the first time that I had ever seen this. By me working and putting myself out there, I was growing and becoming so much more than I ever thought was possible. Fast forward three years and I've left the company that I was working for and decided to work for myself. I wanted to make films, so I needed to be focused. Man, was it tough. Yes, I was learning and independent, but I had no work, no money, and I was walking miles to get anywhere, surviving off a pack of noodles. Now, the nutritional or the lack of nutritional content in those things, it's just, oh, man. But, you know, it was it was a means to an end, as it were. But I kept on going. And doing what I did best at the time, which was paint and take pictures. So I finally got a small break, a DOP, um, a gentleman called Sam Goldie, and gave me a shot. And for those who don't know what DOP is, he's the director of photographer. He was transitioning from being a Steadicam operator, and he needed someone young, hungry, and hardworking. And I guess I fit the bill. He actually was a lifeline for me because he helped me focus my energy, truly allowing me to understand what I could and needed to do in the industry. From that point, I decided to focus on lighting, becoming a spark for several years with moderate success. But then I reached a ceiling, you know, a sticky point. For some reason, the magic that once got me into films had gone. I couldn't express myself anymore within the confines of my role in film. I was struggling to develop myself and win better funded projects. And it was beginning to affect my character as I saw my peers go from strength to strength. It says that your skill will bring you in front of great kings and queens, but your character will keep you there. Despite my best efforts, the devolution of my character was beginning to show. I was taking out my frustration on my peers, which 
it's not cool. You know, people talk and I, I you know, and, and as a spark, you always need other people to work with to make projects work. So I was really shooting myself in my own foot. So I'm on this job and it's my first feature film. And I meet this Steadicam operator called Ollie Hickley, who was retiring. He had been operating for decades, but for whatever reason, wants to call it quits. Anyway, so we get chatting. And my eyes are open to the world of camera for the first time, even though I've been surrounded by cameras for such a long part of my life. In that moment, I remembered the boy that was once amazed by film. And in that moment, I remembered why films were so important to me. They represented magic. Without hesitation, I knew that if I wanted to do something, that I need to do it now. So I signed up to a Silver Tiffin Steadicam workshop that he recommended that I should do. And 12 months later, I bought my brand new Steadicam rig and embarked on this new journey of camera. Now I won't lie, no magic happened. I'm finding the mind to buy this kit literally wiped me out. This money was meant to be a lifeline for my family. And, you know, even though it seemed a bit extreme, I justified it because of my career. I was leaving a stable career to become something unknown to me professionally in the hope of getting back to the magic. I mean, honestly, imagine going around and telling people, oh yeah, I want to move from something stable to something unstable because of magic. I mean, like, yo, who does this? Like, no rational person does this. But I think I reached a point in my life that, yo, I couldn't be rational if I wanted something different. Now, I won't lie. No magic happened. I'm finding the mind to buy this kit, wipe me out. I mean, literally. This money was meant to be a lifeline for my family. And for whatever reason, I've just justified in investing everything to become this the Steadicam operator. I was leaving a stable career to become something unknown to me professionally in the hope and getting back to the magic. I mean, imagine going around and telling people that, yeah, I want to get to the magic. That's why I left my career. I mean, who, what rational person does that? And honestly, the only magic that I experienced was the sad reality that no one wanted to give me a shot in this new capacity to the point that it actually started affecting people's willingness to employ me to do lighting. I was like, are you serious? I had worked for people for years in this capacity. Um, and as they grew, I just wasn't seen as being either capable or the right fit. Look, I've got to this point in my life that I'm working in the industry that saved my life mentally. And despite my frustrations with my career thus far, it had given me my liberty. The reason why I got up every day was that one day I can create the magic that once inspired that little boy to hope. I needed that magic again. So like all obstacles in my life, I closed my eyes and created a new character to play, able to dance in this new world of cameras. So as always, I'm going to stop here in my story to discuss three main observations learned thus far. One. Know what you want from life and be definite, consistent, and passionately on fire in attaining your goals, making all your own decisions. Our most precious resource is time. Use it or it will use you. Along the journey, refinement and realization will come once commitment has been established. Two, 
You can attain more in your lifetime by leveraging the knowledge, expertise, experience, and wealth of others than you can do so by yourself. A wise man said to me that one and one doesn't equal to two, but whatever you wanted to. Say it first, then put yourself out there. If your conviction is strong enough, then the boomerang that you threw out will come back bearing gifts. If not, then you need to dream bigger. The angels of life can only work in the capacity that you allow them to. So if you don't believe, nor can they. And finally, bake it till you realize that the role in which you have been playing is actually the person that you always wanted to be. Sometimes we get fixated on the how when the focus should be on the why. Who are you? And is the person that you want to be a key to the person that you actually are? You must be one with your goals, desires and dreams in order for the dreams to become a reality. Thank you for listening. And that brings me to the end of this part of this episode. I hope it has helped someone, even if it's just one person, keep on fighting. Please send me your messages as it would be great to hear your thoughts on similar battles and grow together. Thank you.